number five, first John chapter number five. I, I am going to make, we'll make it very brief because I don't want you, uh, I do want our folks being safe. Watched this thing all day and it just, it's been all over the map. And uh, it's interesting, one of the things that's been today is a day, no certainty. One, one model said it's going to start at four, and another said at five, one said at eight, one said at nine. No certainty. And I was praying today, and I said, Now, Lord, what would you have us to do? I said, uh, Man, I just hate missing service. And um, while I was listening to all of this, the message tonight is three certainties and a command. I'm glad there's some things that are certain. We don't have to guess about them. We don't have to know. We don't have to worry about them. We know, praise God, because they're certain. So in 1 John chapter 5, verse number 18, now I want you to notice there's three, four times this is said, but three times in particular. We know, don't miss that, that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. That's verse 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. That's verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come, has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. We are in him that is true even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Let's pray one more time. Eddie, how about you praying? Amen. I know, I know you're we're in a hurry, but I've just got this because some of you really need this. I got the most precious birthday card I got. You know you're getting old when everything hurts and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. <laughs> you feel like the morning after you didn't go anywhere the night before. Your knees buckle and your belt won't. <laughs> and the twinkle in your eyes is the sun hitting your bifocals. Your back goes out more than you do. I love that. I love that card. Three certainties tonight that we might know. First John is a book of certainties. God had laid it in the heart of this of John to write this letter to every one of us that we might know. Tonight the greatest truth that you and I can know is in a world that is uncertain, praise God, we can be some things. Tonight, I thank God, I rejoice that I know, that I know, that I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Tonight, if you don't know that, you're not here by accident. Most churches have canceled their service. But you're here tonight, and it just might be this day, this night, this time, God has brought you here to save your soul for an eternity. And we find that 
And, and this world is very uncertain, amen? But my, there are some things that God said. So first of all, I say the certainty of God's, uh, the certainty of a Christian power. Notice verse 18. We know that whosoever is born of God is sin of not. Now, when he, when he makes that statement, he's talking about a Christian power that is expressed. Don't miss this. He's not saying that a Christian does not sin. The verb there is in the present tense, which means this. It means that he does not sin habitually. He does not continue habitually to sin. Uh, don't miss this, and God's very clear about it. If you can habitually, if you can sin all the time, never bother you, regardless of what may come out of here, there's nothing changed in your heart. God is very clear about that matter. He's talking about those that are saying, and here's the reason why. Right When you're lost, you have the nature of Adam, the first Adam. You have the nature you were born with. You get saved, you got the nature of God. And having the nature of God, hallelujah, the Bible says you cannot habitually sin. So Christian power is expressed, not only that, but it is explained. Here's why he explains. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. Begotten of God's talking about the fact of Jesus. Here's what he's just saying. He's just saying that the moment you get saved, born again, washed in the blood, Jesus Christ moves in, and hallelujah, if Jesus has moved in, you're going to be different. There'll be something changed. Talks about a new power. Talks about this uh, ability that you used to could not overcome sin, but now you can. Because the truth is, we have no keeping power on our own. It's not in our nature not to sin. It's in our nature to You don't have to take a child to teach it not to sin. It does it all by itself. You have to teach them not to sin. Not only that, I love this. It's a Christian power that is exhibited. And that wicked one toucheth him not. I love this. This, If you didn't come but just for this tonight, it'd be worth it. Satan can do nothing to one of God's children without God's permission. Book of Job. I won't take time because it's snowing. And some of you already worried yourself to death anyway. But I'm going to tell you something. Book of Job. God, Job. God could do, devil could do nothing until he went to my father and said, Hey, can I do this? Can I, and Paul said, yeah, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And I love that. So there is a certainty of Christian power. But he notice the Christian position. Certainty of a Christian position. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Two things we find in this verse. Number one, we see certainty of a position where he says we know that we're in God. That certainty is the fact, praise God, if you're saved, hallelujah, there's only two people, every person lives in one of two places. The moment you were born, 
You were born with the nature of Adam. And like Adam, you were born in sin. Now I understand that space of time called the dispensation of innocence. But the age of accountability, you got the nature of Adam. And if you if that is the only time you're born, you'll die in your sins and you'll pay the penalty. The wages of sin is death. But notice, if you're born of God, praise God, the second birth, then you have the nature of God. John 1, 12, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. So we find the Christian position is a certainty, but then there's a great contrast. Would you like to know what's wrong with this world? That is the question. Would you like to know what's wrong with this world? Well, I tell you what's wrong with it. The devil's writing it. Twice said. The Bible's very clear. And the whole world lies in wickedness. Has the idea that right at this moment, Satan, prince of the power of the air, he is he is um, having a certain amount of free reign. Now don't miss this. He's not in charge. Hallelujah. But the, but he is. He tempts us. He can give. He bring us problems. He brings us heartaches. And no doubt, sin is running rampant today that we live. So the world has its mold, and it insists that we that we conform to that mold. And so we find certainty of a Christian power, the certainty of a Christian position, but notice the certainty of a Christian perception. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. The origin of our Christian perception is we know that the Son of God has come has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. Means God said, Paul said that I might know Him. I'm convinced of this. The greatest thing God's people need to know is to know Him. Not about Him. Know Him. I, I fear that we don't know Him. We know about Him. We know the terminology. We know all those things. But we don't know Him. Paul said that we might know Him. He went on and said, this is the true God in eternal life. It means that Jesus comes and He's come to stay. There's two incarnations of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a historical incarnation. happened 2,000 years ago. But then there's an incarnation when Jesus Christ, in the form of the Holy Spirit, enters in an individual's heart. Praise God for that. And He gives us a new set of eyes, a new set of ears, a different speech. All things pass away, and behold, all things become new. I love that story in the New Testament. They come to a man. He's, he's blind. And he's been helped. And he comes and he says, they, they begin to pick at him and say, listen, what, what happened? How did this happen? Tell us how, who done this? And I love his answer. And he's answered and said, 
whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. Amen? So the origin of Christian perception knows the object of Christian perception, that we may know him that is true. Jesus, that there's, there's so many people have this idea. I met a lady once. She said, well, this is what I look at. She said, if you want to go to Charlotte, you can go down 40 and hit 77. You can go down 16. She said, now you can go down 321 and go that way. I said, ma'am, that's absolutely right. But there ain't one problem. Going to heaven ain't going to Charlotte. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's not many ways to get to heaven. There's just one way. I said, oh, we need to understand, there's just one way. And every man, woman, boy, and girl is going to heaven or going to hell. They're just, too, they're just that's it. There's no in-between. There's no purgatory. There's none of that. Jesus said unto him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So there's three certainties tonight that I want you to see. We know, and the notes are here, and you'll go home and study it. You'll get a lot more out of it. But then he brings us to a conclusion. Here's what he's saying. And it seems strange. The whole book has been about knowing that you know that you, that you might know that you're saved, that, that you might know that you might know that you might know that you all through the book. In the last sentence, this old prophet of God says, and, and it's amazing, little children. It's a it's a term of endearment. It's in term that you would that would you would. Uh, it's a term that a mother uses for a child, little children. It's a term that they use in our patch club. Little children, little children, keep yourselves away from idols. Amen. Now, it seems odd that that's there. It seems strange that that's there until you stop and understand that the great enemy to knowing Jesus Christ is the idol's that we set before Him. And those idols can be anything. Any, an idol is any substitute for God. Anything that come, becomes between you and God is an idol and is unreal. For some, for some it's money. For some, it's their toys. It's materialistic things. For some, it's a job. For some, for, for some, it's what they put all their confidence and trust in. And it becomes an idol. You know, we make an idol out of anything. We make an idol out of anything. But the reality of it all is, he said, little children, he said, keep yourself away from them idols. Because he knew the idols would steal away that place, that certainty that he wanted to close the book with. Those idols would steal that away. Colossians 3, 5. 
Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness. Covetousness, notice that one. Which is idolatry, idol worship. And he comes and he says, Now, had there not been a danger of that, then he would be in no need of a warning. But does it not amaze you that the very last statement the prophet's going to make before he steps in, for God uses him to pen revelation, is little children, stay away from idols. Stay away from idols. That's about as short as I can get that message. Man, let's all stand to our feet.